was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday, everybody. It means it's the Jazz Preview Show, meaning Craig Buller, Jack, kind enough to hang out with us. Buller, how the heck are you? Hey, Scotty. Hans, I'm good. You know what? You hesitated. You weren't quite sure what day it was, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. They all kind of blend I heard, together. I heard the they? pause. I'm with you. I mean, you hit the road, you don't know if it's Wednesday, Tuesday, or, or maybe, um, you know, midnight on Saturday. I don't know. But I maybe, feel the same way. Maybe he's doing his show on the day off right now, Bowler. He, he could be. doesn't even know. It's Saturday. Uh, he, what are we he, doing? He, he's doing one for free, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bowler, you told me once that uh, – and again, look, I, I, I do a 31-game basketball schedule. You do 82. Like, I can't even touch the amount of work that you guys put in. But I'm here in uh, – I, I called a game in Laramie last night, and then I drove down. I'm here in Fort Collins. Utah State will play Colorado State. You know that road trip well. Oh, yeah. Uh, back, back in your old whack days. And uh, so – but, you know, you told me once that sometimes, you know, on road trips, you'll wake up in the morning, you're like, where am I at again? I'm not really sure. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and then you forget what hotel room you're in and the oh, dates just kind of ooh. blend together. Like, again, yep. I'm not comparing myself to what you and Thurl and Locke and Booner go through because 82 games is a much different situation than, than 31 in a college basketball season. But I, I, I kind of get what you're talking about now. I, I'm, yeah. I kind of see what you're saying. Well, Han's got a feel of that a little bit with uh, BYU on the road too. You know what happens is you – uh, you stare at your I've, – I've walked on the wrong floor, and the night before I was in 709, and then I'm in 809. And it's just like, why? Well, hold on. And then you put your key, you know, and now they're all electric. And so it, it flares up red, and you go, oh, God, I'm lost. You know, where, what I got to do? And Or am I, you know, am I trying to enter another room? You know, here's another one, too. And, I, I, you know, each, each, each room is configured differently. And sometimes, you know, I almost fall off the bed thinking or hit a wall at night if I have to make a visit, right? And so did I go off the left side last night or on the right the right side of the bed? I mean, I getting I know it's crazy. Listeners don't want to hear this, but you know, when you when you hit and when you live on the road seven months out of the year, that's kind of some of the weird things that happen. You are you wake up and you go, Where am I? And it's true. Where where am I? And for a moment it's a little panic until you finally get your senses back. Well, the nice thing is we've got you at home here for a bit, Bowler, and it was another home loss, uh, two home losses in a row, three consecutively uh, with the Phoenix Suns on the road. But uh, another loss and a a worrisome loss because there's no LeBron James, and it looked like there was some letdown moments in this game. Just kind of give us your overview of what happened last night against the Lakers. You know, Hans, I still think the Jazz are, are, are working their way through losing, you know, a couple of three guys that really had a big impact in that locker room. You know, they're 0-3 since the uh, the trade deadline. And last night, the Lakers again, you know, kind of that, that theory of, you know, bombs away. They shot 57%. Anthony Davis uh, goes, you know, for 37 points. 
and um, Ruri Hachimura goes 36, and you think, wow, there's always that one player that steps into the spotlight to take over when another player may be down, and that was the case last night. You know, and I, I just well, – LeBron hasn't played in Salt Lake. I, I lose count, I think, one of the last five games, and he's 0 for 2 this year. So uh, I felt bad for the fans. A lot of kids last night with, with uh, LeBron jerseys on didn't get a chance to see him at all in Salt Lake. But, uh, you know, again, it's um, – it's what it is. I think it's developmental time. Uh, Keontae is getting the start, and now Walker Kessler moves back into the starting lineups. Uh, Taylor Hendricks is trying to get more than 16 or so minutes a night, and you're getting a little taste of Bryce Sensabaugh, and I think that's what Justin has to do along with Danny Ainge to see what what they have, and if they don't have what they need, then they move those assets and use the draft picks, which, you know, again, there's a bucket full through 2029. And also there, they should be a player uh, in the free agent market uh, or can they move a player away with trade bait, right? With, with draft picks. Cause again, I think last count was like 14 uh, or so first round picks and about $46 million in cap space. So I would think the jazz make, will uh, make moves. I think there'll be a player. They'll be very busy in the off season. Uh, I don't think Ryan wants this to be, a drawn-out um, retooling or rebuilding, however you want to define it. But, you know, talking to Justin and uh, seeing Danny in the halls, uh, they understand the big picture. I mean, Danny did it in Boston, so you have to hope that, you know, that same process is is underway. It's not a short fix. They, they want a long-term fix. They want to give Jazz fans the window like Golden State has had. And that does come. Uh, with a price, it's rare to do that, to have eight, nine years where you're actually in title contention. But, you know, Oklahoma City may be doing that. Uh, Sacramento's trying to do the same thing. But, man, it, you have to be lucky along the way. And that's that's the biggest thing. And also stay away from injury. And hopefully the Jazz can, you know, the process is underway. And we've seen it for the last two years now, moving older players opening up cap space and gaining gaining assets. That seems to be the key word is assets and how do you use them. And that's what I'm kind of waiting to find out along with Jazz Nation on how Danny moves forward with Justin's help. So, um, you know, all you can do is, you know, ride the horse to the barn and, and see where you go. Is that what uh, Willie Nelson would say in one of one of his songs? I don't, I'm not sure, but I guess that's kind of a, a way of saying it is just you have to hold on for the ride and see where, where it takes you. So, again, I think Jazz fans can look at the fact you know, they've lost six out of the last eight, three in a row. Good chance it might be four in a row tonight against Golden State, and they're limping into the all-star break. And, you know, there's that balance of, okay, we understand it's about the long game and assets and development and things like that, but we want to win. We want to be, in, you know, at least in the conversation for the play-in spot. How do you right. how do you balance that? Because, you know, you want to give a good product to your fans, but you also want to develop long-term. I mean, it's kind of an interesting quandary that Jazz are in right now. It is. You know, Scotty, that is that is the whole quandary. That is the whole question at hand. How, do you, how can you do both? In reality, I'm not sure if you can. But if you're lucky enough and you still, you know, have a core – of, of Larry marketing and what Walker's developing into and Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. If, and he's trying to regain his three point form after a, a real couple of three weeks of struggle, you know, there's potential there to do it. 
Uh, Danny Ainge, I remember earlier this season, one goal was to actually make it into the top 10. That's the next step because I still think whether you're not a, a bona fide, you know, top five team playoff experience still bodes well, right. In the development of these young players, if you get a taste of what it's like to go from regular season to postseason, And even if it's just a play in game, okay. Uh, I get it. But, um, uh, yeah, the Jazz lost a couple of guys, players they really were engaged with, especially Kelly Olenek. I mean, he made a quick impact in a short period of time in Salt Lake City, and I think they appreciated his skill set. But now you have to sit back and say, okay, let's watch Keontae grow. And what's Taylor Hendricks about? Uh, they used the ninth pick uh, to pick him up out of Central Florida. And is Colin Sexton going to be a player that will be a starter or could he be a rotational guy that makes a big impact as a, as a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think how you have to ride. Um, boy, I tell you short, no one wants to wait and I get it. Um, Scotty, you know, we always kind of kid you and you kid me about the ASC West, you know, with Denver and Kansas city, San Diego, or now LA and, and the Oakland and now the Vegas Raiders. But you know, I tell you, man, there's a long time in between some stints. Um, you know, the Jazz haven't been back to the finals since 98, and that's a long time. Uh, you know, they had D. Will and Booze to the Western Conference Finals, and that's really about the last big hurrah. Uh, but, you know, what does it take, man? Patience, I guess, to get back there, but also you have to make the right picks and decisions along the way. So, Buller, I took a little bit of a direction with Scotty earlier that I want to venture in just a little bit with you because you've played high level sports and you've covered high level sports and you currently exist in a competitive uh, world of employment. It's, you know, everybody wants your job. We, the three of us have hit the job lottery. And, and so it's a competitive world. Right. So there's something that's really difficult that's happening right now with the Utah jazz and people need to understand the chemistry of it and the dynamics of it and understand that it's unique to this situation. And, and I'm not trying to say that Chris Dunn or Tana Horton Tucker or any of these guys are causing problems. I'm trying to point out to anybody that's in a competitive world, this is ultra competitive and this is millions and millions of dollars. So when you see young guys that are playing in front of you, and if I'm Chris Dunn and I'm watching last night Keontae George trying to rotate over to Austin Reeves to defend Austin Reeves as he's running towards the rim and can't protect it and can't defend it. If I'm Chris Dunn, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, man, why? what are we doing? Are we trying to win? Are we trying to keep this young guy out there? What, what does this mean to my job? I'm trying to make my money. I'm trying to be sure. pertinent. And, and we could – it, that could pertain to our jobs. A young gun that wants to sit in on the mic and having a boss tell us, hey, you're going to have to sit off the mic for a second because this hothead wants to speak. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Buller, the competitive side in me and Scotty's a competitive sucker and you're a competitive sucker, it, it doesn't matter. Like people say, no, you got to be a good teammate and you got to let him talk and you got to support him. But there is a competitive blood and there are millions of dollars that sit on these things. And it could take a time to adjust to. Oh, hands, absolutely. Every one of these players, you know, are here for a reason. They're the best of the best uh, in the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, hockey, you name it. 
you know, you fight for it in high school, you fight for it in college, and then all of a sudden the, the big money comes and nothing stops. That's why they're, they're playing. They're competitive. And that's who you want on, on a team, right, to, to fight for your job. But also at the same time, not to be so disrupted that you break the locker room in half because I think what Will Hardy's told me multiple times, Hans, is that you have to understand your role and what role at what particular time. You know what? Dunn's gone from a bench to a starter back to the bench. And you know what? He still has kept his poise and his professionalism. And, you know, I think also one thing that the ownership has is that they have the control, especially – um, in the NBA where, you know, they can move players. It's not, not easy to do. The trade la- trade deadline has come and gone, but in the offseason, you know, those moves come. Um, you know, Draymond's been disruptive with Golden State, but yet his skill set, I'm just using him as an example, his skill set gives them the opportunity to win every night, right? I mean, we're going to see him again tonight. He averages nine points, seven rebounds, six plus assists, and he's a really good three-point shooter whenever he decides to put the ball up. So they try to you know, survive with some of his antics on the floor. But is he competitive? What would you say, Hans? Hell yes. And sometimes that's worked against him, but also that's why he's still there. But to your point, Dunn's competitive. Sexton is uber, uber competitive. And they all want to play. They all want to start. But not everybody can. Who closes? I think Will Hardy has to get a a bit of a a lot of credit here, not a bit, but a lot, that he's been able to communicate that to keep this locker room kind of intact and that they understand and there's no surprises. I think that's the one thing athletes don't want when you're making millions of dollars is don't surprise me or embarrass me. And I think Will has done a great job to put it out there on the line to say, this is what I need, and I want you to, you know, to understand that. And so there's no surprises along the way. And Hans, I think that's been probably one reason why the Jazz have, have been able to coexist through these transition periods because at least are told, uh, right up front, what the ultimate goal is, what their role is. And Chris Dunn, to your point, is fighting for a contract right now, too. You know, he went from a top 10 pick to a G League guy, maybe almost out of the league, and now he's fighting his way back in and found his niche with the Jazz as a, a high-level defender. So, yeah, I'd want to play every night, too. But also I think they have to try to understand what the, the end game is and can they be a part of it. And that's the best I can explain it from what I feel and see and hear, you know, traveling and being around this team. Um, there's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of competitiveness, but I think they still want more, more players who come in at a higher level as well. Some will be a part of the future. Others will not. And I think they all are still fighting to prove their worth as, as Danny Ainge goes through the process with Justin Zanuck. Craig Bowler, Jack joining us, 97.5, the KSL sports zone. So Bowler, what do you expect out of this team tonight as they get set for this game and obviously, you know, you know, not playing their best basketball, dealing with a lot of stuff, um, but yet it's a good Golden State team. It should be an easy team to get up for. How do you think this thing plays out? Well, Golden State played last night, and, uh, you know, this is the rescheduled game from uh, middle of January when they sadly lost uh, the assistant coach to a, a medical emergency here in Salt Lake City. So from what I understand, Steve Kerr's back. Um, uh, Kenny Atkinson filled in for him just a couple, three nights ago. Uh, So I would expect competitive. Both these teams, Golden State's 10, uh, Utah's 11 in the West. So that's that balance, you know, a game and a half between either the play-in or you you go home. 
So I would hope to see again a competitive, a competitive game. You know what what's happened in hands. You know, and Scotty, when you really break down the Jazz, the Achilles heel is turnovers, and that is again now trying to re uh, reset everyone who has to play with a different player now since Olenek's gone. They played through him a lot, Pontecchio and Ochai. So now you have to kind of almost go back to camp and reset and get used to a new lineup, and that's not easy to do. It takes time to, to put those uh, that sixth sense basically into play. So I think the one thing is the Jazz have always played hard, but one thing, Hans and Scotty, that's been their biggest issue is a two- or three-minute window in one or two quarters totally disrupts what they've done right. And so Will Hardy speaks to that all the time. The turnover is one of the biggest issues they have to, to, to figure out, and that is make the smart pass. Uh, and then again, if you do turn the ball over, still bust your butt and get back in transition defense. But, you know, just last night, uh, you know, they're dead last in the league in turnovers. And last night, 13 turnovers. Doesn't sound bad, but they still gave up 17 points. So it's, it's those minutes, a couple of minutes in the third quarter, or maybe early in the game, when you lose focus and all of a sudden with the youth and the inexperience, you know, one or two or three turnovers and four or five possessions can lead to a nine or 10 point swing like that. And then do you have enough to continue to give the effort to play a pill? And the jazz have had to do that multiple times. Look, they've come back from law, big deficits, by the way, last year as well, but uh, there's only so much you can do. And then a team, senses it and you drop a couple of threes and this game all of a sudden gets out of hand. And I thought that's what happened last night uh, with the Lakers. The Jazz battled back but couldn't hold. And then all of a sudden you have uh, a barrage of threes. And what does it tell you, Scotty, in hands? The power of the three in this league is dangerous because a game can slip away or you can make your own run back. But if you force it, you miss it. And that's where the Jazz, kind of, I thought, again, was a great example last night against Davis uh, and the Lakers. They'll play hard well, in hands. And, Scotty, to answer the question, I think they've always played hard and the fans have, have appreciated it. But, again, can you just tame yourself and get away from the turnovers and hit a few shots early and give yourself a break? The Jazz seem not to give themselves too many uh, opportunities to hold a lead. They have to play from behind. And hopefully they can hold a lead tonight. We'll see. That's why you play them. Well, Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us, as always. Uh, have a great call, and uh, we'll talk to you again here very soon. Thanks, Bowler. All right. And thanks. And, Scotty, uh, I'm going to try to just, uh, you know, get away for an all-star break and tell Tim Lacombe try to figure this thing out, okay, when you talk to him later the, in the show. I will. And tell sure. him to tell me what he knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Thanks, All Bowler. Right. Thanks, guys. There he is, the great Craig Bullerjack right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jazz wrap up uh, the uh, the season before the All-Star break tonight when they take on the Golden State Warriors. We'll have that game for you right here on The Zone. Hands, you're back in studio. I'm here in Colorado, and uh, Dave Nellis hanging out with us in studio and all kinds of great stuff going on at America First Credit Union. Yeah, they do so many great things, so many fun events, and I got to be out to a ribbon-cutting at their new city center Eagle Mountain location that was incredible. But, Dave, I love that you guys stay so active with your communities. And I want to talk a little bit about the cookies with rookies because 
first of all, it, unique name. It, it's it'll catch with a lot of people out there. But talk to me about what just went down with the cookies with rookies events. Yeah, cookies with rookies was such a cool event. We have a great partnership with the Utah Jazz, and part of that partnership is to say how can we benefit the community in a more impactful way, whether it's, you know, preparing food for a food bank, which we did last year. This year, we, we brought in some kids uh, from Project Success out of Ogden, and it was held at Shoot 360 there in Kaysville, brand new facility, not open yet to the public, but it it showcases all the cool technology that has to offer to, to help you with your shots. But these kids um, are in a situation where they need a little help, a little direction, a little guidance. A little boost. And, yeah, a boost. And so Cookies with Rookies was a way for these kids to see people who they could look up to. You know, hands, everybody needs a mentor yeah. in their life. And so these rookies are, are are being mentored by senior players, but these rookies are also mentors to kids who say, I want to be there someday. So we brought these kids over and did some shooting drills, some competitions, and got some words of advice from these these players. And Keontae George was just awesome. Was he? Yeah. And Omer was awesome. It was just so fun just to be there with them and to see these kids light up and let me get your autograph and uh, I want to be tall like you. And what did and, they think of your seven? Well, they, did they just stand there and look straight up at him? It took them like three seconds to look him up and down, like all the yeah. way up. You know, these kids were, it was just, it was just awesome. And these guys are so genuine and so nice. And so the partnership that we have with them just illustrates a way that we can give back to the community and and show mentorship. Well, this is the foundation of America First Credit Union. You guys started right here in the great state of Utah, going back into the 1930s, 1939, if I remember. 1939. We'll be turning 85 years next month. 85 years back in 1939, starting right here in the state of Utah. And they've put incredible roots and... So many great locations. I talked about the one opening up in Eagle Mountain, the one that I used to use in Saratoga. Utah County is just packed. If you want a location, you're going to find one by you. And we talk about the great savings plans. We talk about the interest rates. We talk about the offerings of America First. I want people to remember America First is giving back to the community that's given so much to them. Yeah, we're going to give back in ways of products and services. We're going to give back in ways of the community, and we want to help you with your money to do more for you. Exactly. That's the way you give back to America First. Just look them up, americafirst.com. Find the location by you. Thanks, Dave. Hans and Scotty, Monty Poole will join us coming up next. He'll give us his thoughts on the Golden State Warriors straight ahead right here on The Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jason Cole, senior writer for the 33rdteam.com. I think one of the most fascinating things about Andy Reid is he doesn't sweat the control of other human beings the way a lot of coaches classically do. There's a lot of coaches out there who would have worried about the fact that Travis Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift. Andy Reid looks at and goes, oh, cool, thanks, right? What are we doing? And that's the genius to me of Andy Reid is you let your guys be guys, run them as football players, allow them to be the human beings they want to be. And that's why I think he can sit back and actually enjoy the process of coaching and running games rather than worrying about a lot of stuff that he has no control over. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm so happy. 
Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Jazz and Warriors coming up tonight. Joining us now from NBC Sports Bay Area, award-winning columnist Monty Poole, insider for the Golden State Warriors, kind enough to join us. Monty, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Very We're good. doing great. Uh, obviously, good, good. this is this is a tough situation for Golden State. Uh, the makeup game uh, after the loss of the assistant coach. Uh, just emotionally, where is this team at after dealing with a tragedy that you know no team should ever have to work through? Yeah, they're they're much better off now than they were a few weeks ago. I mean, when at the time when uh, Dejan Milojevic uh, passed away. Uh, and this and this happened. It wasn't like he was in a team hotel or something. He was at a team dinner, and so there were a number of witnesses that actually saw him when he was in distress and uh, taken to the hospital, and to find out the next day that he passed away. So mentally, emotionally, they were in no way ready to play a game. Certainly that night, and even a couple of nights later, they were supposed to play the Mavericks. They weren't ready to play then either. Uh, they needed some time, and uh, the NBA and the Jazz, the Mavericks were kind enough to. To give them that time and they needed it really badly so um but you know yeah it's still there it's going to be there all season i think uh, because he was such a big personality he's one of those guys that everybody loved uh if you met decky for five minutes you, you know you felt like he was a friend for life you know one of those guys so um his presence is definitely missed but i think they've turned the page in the sense of yes it's still there but they're they're kind of compartmentalizing and at a point now where uh, they realize that the season's slipping away, and uh, if they don't get it together, um, that they're going to be looking at the playoffs from the golf course. So, yeah, speaking of that, just kind of watching them put together a win streak, and obviously the Jazz earlier were a part of that win streak, and then watching parts of last night's game against the Clippers, it felt like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Monty, but it felt like a very emotionally charged game last night against the Clippers, and then the fallout of Clay Thompson jumping on the court, fouling, and Coach Kerr losing his mind. Kind of walk us through what the emotions were of that loss last night against the Clippers. Yeah, that was uh, – they were they, – what's the word I want to use? Uh, there was a lot of fury after the game. <laughs> and, well, you know, you understand why. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when Clay fouled, made, made the foul that – obviously did not need to be made. It's, to see a veteran make a mistake like that is, you know, when you're in a game, it's a three-point game, and it's a one-possession game. And you turn it into a two-possession game with a mistake that uh, a guy who's been in the league around as long as he has should not make. Um, and so, and he knew it, and, and it bothered him as it should. Uh, so it was emotional throughout, though, um, because, you know, the, the Clippers, they played a game against the Clippers in December, and in LA, and they had a, the Warriors had a 22 point lead, and they lost it. They gave it back to the Clippers, and so here they are now. Uh, last night with a 15 point lead, and the Clippers are coming back, and the Warriors are making mistakes. They're 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 blowing defensive rotations. So this is a team now that has had six losses on the season when they had 15 point leads in those games, and so at this stage, just when they thought, okay, we're on to something now. We're, we're gathering some momentum, uh, and we have a team that, you know, is well, well, well ahead of us on our home court. And they were coming off three road games with a, that they won by at least 20 points all three of those games. And to come home and give a game back after you had a double-digit lead, it stings. It's going to sting. I mean, the good thing for them, as they saw it last night, 
expected that they get to play again tonight. What's the future of Clay Thompson in Golden State? Oof. Um, I think uh, they'd like to have him back, uh, but the money has to be right. You know, a guy's making $43 million this year, and he's not playing at that level. Uh, and the Warriors and Thompson's uh, representative, Greg Lawrence, they had conversations before the season started. Didn't go very far, and Clay was not happy about it. But the fact of the matter is that he began this season hoping to be an all-star again, and he hasn't been anywhere near that. And so he's not the player that he was five years ago before he had the ACL, followed by the Achilles in the other leg. And that's why, you know, he can't do what he used to do. His lateral quickness is not there anymore. He can't guard four positions now. He's only able to guard effectively pretty much, uh, well, power forwards for the most part. You know, he has to guard up because the quick guys – just eat him alive. And so uh, his shooting comes and goes, and that was one thing you could usually rely on. But uh, they still like the idea, maybe it's nostalgia, of having the core, Steph, Clay, Draymond, together uh, for another year. So if the finances can be worked out, and I think at this stage Clay realizes he's not going to get a giant contract, and he's not going to be playing 35 minutes a night. Uh, if those things can be worked out, I think they'd welcome him back. But if not, you know, I think they'll let Clay walk and, and shop for his own uh, price, his own deal someplace else. You know, Monty, you get to, the opportunity to cover the team with the most storylines in the NBA over the last five, six years. It's just nonstop. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Tell me about it. <laughs> I can't imagine some of the calls you get. But tell me about the call you got on Draymond Green when things were going down with Draymond and it felt like nobody could control him and he's getting the suspension and things are unraveling. Talk about that moment and, and talk about where Draymond Green is now mentally. Uh, he seems to be in a better place. Um, you know, there was times, even last year, when he punched Jordan Poole in practice, um, I know there were some people in the building that were like, okay, this is it. We're done with this guy. And eventually, you know, they decided, no, let's let's play it out. And, you know, you can say cooler heads prevail, or you can also say that, you know, they've enabled him, which they have. And so, um, but... This year, it reached a point where, okay, it's happening. To, it, it, it's a pattern now. It's, it's really coming, becoming more commonplace than it was before. You know, Draymond's always been kind of a very emotional player. But when the Gobert thing happens, and then, you know, he gets into it with Donovan Mitchell, tries to get into it with Anthony Edwards, gets into it with Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, it's one thing after another. And I guess you can say at some point you look at this and go, what? you know what? It's not getting better, people. It's getting worse. And so um, the Nurkic thing, the league had to step in and say, look, <laughs> dude, just get away for a while. Get away. And he has been, uh, he has been in some counseling. Um, so far, again, I think it's with Draymond to me, it's a wait and see. You know, you, 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 want, you want to think that, okay, maybe this is the time you know, maybe he's hit rock bottom. Maybe this is the time where he can play great basketball and also keep his wits about him. And for the most part, he has done that. For the most part, he has done that. So, but I've been around him so long to where it still needs to be, okay, let's see that happen for two, three months. You know, and, and, and I think he's capable. I know he's trying, but let's see. Where do you – you know, where does this ownership group and, – and, I, you know, this is kind of in 
in addition to the question about Clay Thompson, you know that probably this team is on the downward slide, not considerably, but you know the they're past their peak to a certain extent. And you want to honor the past. You want to honor Steph and Clay and Draymond and what they've done and the championships and all the great things. But you realize that the time has passed. How do you balance honoring those guys and letting them run their you know careers through Golden State, but also realizing, well, we want to get back to winning championships. Is there any talk of maybe tearing it down and rebuilding it, or do they just let it run its full course? Not as long as Steph. As long as Steph is playing at a high level, which he is, um, no, they're, they're going to ride it until the wheels fall off. Um, I think their their assessment is basically, you know what? If we lose it, we lose it. You know, let's let's prove that we can't go out and make a, a decent playoff run. Uh, and I think when you look at this roster and the way the league is shaped right now, you don't see a championship team. I know I don't, and I'm sure they don't. But they see a team that once they get in the playoffs, that they feel they can probably beat anybody if they are on their game. The problem is that. At a team at this stage, at this stage of this team, they're not on their game on a regular basis. You know, they can be on the game against two or three or four games in a row, but can you do it in a series? And so their thinking is, we can win. Can make somebody beat us four times. Make that happen. It happened last year with the Lakers. They could happen again. They think they're better equipped this year. We're going to find out. Well, Monty, we appreciate your time. Thanks for carving out a few moments for us. Enjoy the game tonight and enjoy your all-star break, more importantly. Okay, you two guys. Take care. Monty Poole from NBC Sports Bay Area, great columnist, and uh, nobody's nobody's done a better job of covering the Golden State Warriors over the last several years than that guy. So uh, interesting insight as the Jazz get set to take on the Warriors coming up tonight. Hands and Scotty. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We'll continue to get you ready for the game coming up tonight, coming up next. And then the great Tim Lacombe will join us coming up at 2.05 as well. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. The idea of just being like, you should have made some moves during the trade deadline. And everyone goes, okay, draw it up for me. What moves you? Get, K- get KD. Dad, why did you get Luke at the deadline? <laughs> and he's a bum. This is I'm your- sick of paying for these guys, watching these players that are injured half the time. Why did we get Luca? So, Come on, Zinnick. So Brian Regan is a big Utah <laughs> Jazz fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on with this team? Hey, hey, what you doing? Hey, Justin Zinnick, what are you doing? Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Scotty. I got him with that Seth McFarland. God, you guys got me. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. What movie are you talking about, Lloyd? Oh, I can't even think of her name now. It's a a new movie, his comedy that he did with uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, that's been out for a few years. Where she's well, yeah, it's been out. It's been out a minute. I just, I kind of re, we rewatched it last night, and it's very funny. Is that Neighbors? (laughs) 
he's not in Neighbors. Oh, maybe he is. Yeah, he is in Neighbors, actually. Hey, guys, I just started a new series last night called oh Ma- really yeah masters of the air and it's world war ii it is b-17 bombing and well if it's a, it's a series you're not going to make it through well, it, there's so. only nine episodes yeah that's like band of brothers there's like nine episodes you need to make it through that well i got through two yeah but band of brothers is six seasons no well, it's not just, just one season it's one season and it's only like nine episodes band of brothers yeah yeah. Oh, see, I got overwhelmed with Band of Brothers thinking, oh, it's six seasons, I'm never going to get through this. No, no, it's only like maybe oh, nine, ten episodes. because I was like three or four no. in. Okay, so I'll, yeah. I'll revisit that. But my dad and I started this one together because his uncle was shot down in a B-17. He was a belly gunner in a B-17 in World War II. That sounds and scary. My uncle, it's his uncle Evan, but uh, he was shot down, and, and I got to fly up in a B-17 with my dad years ago. And this movie, it's it's the same production crew as Band of Brothers. It's great, guys. Is it a documentary? Is it like a it is, drama? Or? It is. It's it's similar to what the Band of Brothers would be. It's taking some facts and some things and trying to drive it home through basically nine hours of cinema. It oh okay, gotcha. It, it's really good, man. It's. I actually thought it had a higher level production value than Band of Brothers. I'm more curious about the air well, fight. Band of Brothers is like 20 years old, too. I mean, that's a, that's an old series. So that's you, true. You, so you like the CGI is what you're telling no, me. No, I, th- I, I, I don't see a lot of CGI in it. Maybe there's some, but I don't know. CGI might be getting a lot better. I don't know. Fooling you now. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just, I don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. But it's solid. It is really solid. Masters of the Air, and it's on Apple TV. Yep, I had to buy a subscription for a month. So, Okay, wait, you wow. have Apple TV? Well, just for a month. I'm going to cancel it after the month. But I did want to watch this with my dad. Okay, well, big thanks to Ryan for getting that password. And <laughs> off we go. <laughs> Not this one. Hey, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, I'm here in Fort Collins and after the show, I don't have a game until Saturday. So, you know, I've got the show and, and some work stuff, but other than that, I'm pretty wide open and there's a theater like just right across the street. Is it weird to be that guy that goes to a movie by himself when you're on the road for, for work or is that, is that socially acceptable? I think that's very acceptable. I, I don't have no know. Issue. Is that is that a loser move to no. go to a movie by yourself? No, absolutely not. No, I do. I'd, I'd do it here, in town. Even yeah. if I had somebody to go with, I might do it by myself one time. Sometimes it's good to go watch a movie by yourself. I'll tell you, Scotty. The other thing that's really nice you, when you just pay for your movie ticket, and you pay for your drink, and you pay for your popcorn, and you go sit down, and you're like, "Holy cow, that was one fourth the cost." Those and I don't like have to share bucks. my popcorn with anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of forty dollars, hey, I'm actually the go to the movie alone guy. I, I'm a lover of it because you get to take in everything. And you're like, this is quiet, and I have nice. somebody say, "Hey, so so who's that guy? What did they do?" Yeah, it's pretty darn nice. So just enjoy it, Scotty. All right. You know, and and I look at uh, a movie theater alone as kind of a buffet. So you know, you pay for the ticket, you go in for the matinee, and you stay for the. What? Oh, you're saying just like kind of <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. I, I didn't say. 
I did not see that coming. I'll have some of this. I'll have some of that. I'm going to try that. And uh, meanwhile, somebody's like, uh, you bought that ticket like six hours ago. You still here? Like, you're yeah, wa- what about it? You're walking out of a triple header. Well, this is my cup. I brought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're walking out of a triple header feeling pretty good about how the night went. Oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, Jazz in action tonight. They take on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, big thanks uh, to Monty Poole, who just joined us. Uh, and again, does a great job covering the Golden State Warriors. Uh, weird game last night for Golden State in that loss to the Clippers. And uh, they'll try to rebound tonight. But the Jazz also coming off a loss. And, uh, you know, you got two teams that are just trying to get to the All-Star break. These are hard games to try to figure out how well they're going to play and how they're going to handle themselves in this situation because, you know, it could go a number of two ways. Who's emotionally invested in it? Who's mentally invested into this game? And, uh, you know, I could see, let's just say, I would not, I don't know what the line is on this game. I would not touch it because there's just no way to try to predict how these teams react in these situations. And it's, I'm excited for it tonight because I, I do think Golden State is emotionally charged up. And I will be curious to see how the Utah Jazz respond to what they did last night. Um, and, Scotty, I've got a sneaking suspicion that what I've talked to you about and what i talked to Buller about might be playing a little bit. And I want to watch some of the interaction between veterans and young guys that are getting minutes. When Taylor Hendricks takes a bunch of minutes and Keontae George takes a bunch of minutes in a loss that's when things start to feel a little uncomfortable when other guys are on the bench looking for new contracts. It, get, it gets uncomfortable. I don't care what anybody tells me. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it's an ugly – and not, uh, ugly is not the right word. It's it's an uncomfortable situation yeah. that guys are going to have to fight through, and the, and they'll they'll figure it out. But, you know, emotions are raw, and, the, and that just – I mean, it's it just – what and this is a young team too. Look, you know, Walt, uh, you know Kessler dealt with a little bit last year. Um, but Keontae George is first year dealing with it. Hendricks is first year dealing with it. Uh, if you're guys like Colin Sexton and Markinen and some of these other guys, this is where you have to rally the troops and say, look, this is what the NBA is about. This is a business. You got to go out and do your job because if you, if you, if you get caught up in the emotional aspect of this, it'll come and bite you in the butt. So I'm, I'm curious to know how leadership in that locker room can help respond and get this thing righted, you know, but maybe they're bent too. And maybe they're like, Hey, look, you know what? If you guys aren't committed this year, then why should we be committed this year? I, I hope that's not the case, but I know that's happened in various times throughout the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be good tonight, Scotty. Yep. All right. Hans and Scotty, uh, Tim Lacombe will join us coming up next. But Hans, I know you're hanging out with our buddy Dave Nellis in studio. And Dave, uh, you know what? I uh, I know you're not a gambling guy. Uh, but I got a hundred to one odds that I never see any of those Tam Tams that are that that Hans has right now. I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, I'm trying to think what the over under is on that bet. Uh, Let's just take the under on it. Okay, yeah, just to be All safe. Right. <laughs> is probably not going to see these cookies. Scotty, you know the house always wins. I know, and I don't even think those things will make it back to Eagle Mountain. Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded house, man. Hey, uh, Scotty, dealing with tragedy of not getting these cookies and tragedy that just goes on all the time. I, I saw what you did with teaming up with RSL and Utah Royals. And usually you think these events, oh, they got to plan them out for you know, months, if not years. But you guys were able to team up with a couple of your partners in RSL and Utah Royals and – 
help in the light of something that was really difficult to deal with. Yeah, this is one way, Hans, that shows the value of America First and the charitable foundation that we have. And a lot of people don't know about the America First Charitable Foundation, but we do lots of different things. We rely on contributions from the community and from our members, and it's one way to make that money go a little bit stronger. And so this was an extension of our Warm the Souls program, which we typically do in the in the, the winter months. But yeah, the <clears throat> the Granite Education Foundation is a huge warehouse just chuck full of of donated items that go to kids. About 50% of the kids that are in that school district need a little extra help. Could be food, could be clothing, could 50%. be 50%. Mm-hmm, yep, could be shoes, could be even toys, right? To bring some relief and to help these kids out. Well, they had a break in um, and lost $50,000 worth of stuff and it caused a lot wow. of damage. When we heard about that, the America First Charitable Foundation director called them and said, "How can we help? Mm. What can we do?" And we said, let's let's do it. So we extended our Warm the Souls program. We have a great partner with RSL and the Utah Royals. And we said, let's go donate. So we provided them with 650 <laughs> pairs of shoes. RSL stepped up and donated a bunch of shirts and jackets and gear. And while we were out there, we, we joined forces and we helped uh, at their food um, with the food location or the food donations and helped sort sorted food and just did an awesome um, service project that that some players come out there from RSL and and from Utah Rails. It was just awesome. It's so good to know that there's there's partners like them that can that can step up in times of need. Well, that's my hope. My hope is that our listeners can see that America First does so much. And through this, you know, you're seeing the jazz players do so much, and RSL gets involved when our community really needs help. They're not just taking your money as tickets and, oh, well, then just go away and you won't hear from us. Constantly active in our communities. And America First Credit Union is the leader. And you guys do so many great things. And I I love it because you're out in my community. You're in my area. I've talked about seeing your banners and billboards across high schools. And, and I know that those go to support, that money goes to support those high schoolers and those players. And it's just great. And I want our listeners to support America First Credit Union. Best way to do it, go to AmericaFirst.com, find a location near you, and figure out how they can help you and how they could be your financial institution, help you with different loans and lending or help you with savings and deposits and make your life more affordable and better. That's the hope, Dave. Yeah, and it is. It's the, it's the hope that our, that our members take advantage of good products and services, but it's also our hope that they know that our impact in the community is much more than just dollars and cents. It's, it's helping and benefiting and supporting our families where you live. Starts at AmericaFirst.com. Thanks, Dave. The great Tim LaCombe joins us next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.